Sat Nam. I'm Guru Prakarmakar. Guru Singh and I travel the world, loving to meet an ever-growing global community. We are appreciative of your vital role on this planet, for it is your willingness to be here and listen that calls forth wisdom, that activates our collective voice in service. Your questions bring forth the answers. For a wealth of information about who we are and what we do, please visit gurusing.com. Bless you. Satnam. Satnam. When Yogi Bhajan told his peers that he was going to come to the West to teach Kundalini Yoga openly and publicly. His peers said to him, well, you know, you'll die within a year. And he said, well, that'll be the best year of my life. And I was his driver in those early years, one of them. And I happened to be driving him on day 366. And he steps into the car and he looks over at me and he said, I knew it was, and then he used an expletive to indicate nonsense. And I was a little bit shocked because he didn't usually talk like that. And he saw the curious look on my face and he said, do you want to know what I mean? And I said, yeah, what's nonsense? And I repeated his words. And he said, I was told that you couldn't teach Kundalini Yoga openly and publicly because it was too dangerous. And if you did, you would die within a year. And so he said that during that year, he had done some research because always we end up with mythos, mythos, however you want to pronounce it, mythology, that sometimes is true, but oftentimes is just an untold, forgotten fabrication. And he said he realized that the reason that teaching Kundalini Yoga was so dangerous was because when the Mughals of Central Asia had invaded India through Afghanistan, through the Khyber Pass, and had taken over the majority of India back long before the British did. They had rounded up all of the great teachers and they had determined that if these great teachers were able to teach these phenomenal mystical sciences openly and publicly, that the majority of the population would be ungovernable because you can't govern enlightened people. You can't even govern wise people. 
and you find it very hard to govern intelligent people. And then again, you find it hard to govern informed people. So the best way to govern is to keep people ignorant and falsely blissful, which is why they will now disassemble education. And it's been going on for a while. But, and don't think of it as a conspiracy. Just think of it as a fact. That just blows away the theory idea. It was um, the Rockefeller Foundation, very sincerely, who said, we don't need any more thinkers, philosophers, or artists. What we need is workers. And this was a true statement in 1913. So they weren't like trying to disrupt art and thinking and all of that. They wanted to put workers in the factories. They thought that was a good way to employ people. So criticism aside, just open up to the facts. And so Yogi Bhajan realized that the idea of teaching Kundalini Yoga openly and publicly was only dangerous as long as the Mughals ruled India and you were teaching in India, so that was all over with, so let's go for it. So he was pretty certain that that was the reason why that mythology had taken place. And he said, I knew it was nonsense. And these things happen in all of our lives. Like the garlic loaf. The famous story of the garlic loaf. Everybody's heard it. You've heard it, yeah? Well, it's a very famous story. I don't know how you couldn't have heard it. <laughs> but now you're curious, so we kind of have a relationship here. So now you're going, please tell me the story of the garlic loaf. Well, the young wife, who was just newly married, wanted to impress her husband, and it was an Italian family, and they had a famous recipe of a garlic loaf. So she calls up her mother and says, Mom, I need to impress my husband with my cooking, so please... Give me the recipe for the garlic loaf that we've all loved for all these years. And her mom gives her the recipe. And the recipe called for taking the baguette and cutting six inches off of each end, slicing it down the center, spreading this and that and the other thing in the middle, putting it in the oven, and baking it for this many degrees for that much time. She did it exactly as the recipe said. It worked out perfect. She was a, hero. She was a heroine. She was a big hit. And the next morning, she calls up her mother and says, Mom, what am I supposed to do with these two six-inch pieces of the baguette? Her mom says, well, I don't know, because that's your, that's your grandma's uh, recipe. You better call her. So she calls her grandma, and she says, hey, Nana, what am I supposed to do with these extra six inches on either side of the baguette? And her Nana says, oh, my God. She says, my oven was too short. <laughs> And this is how so much of fact becomes fiction at a later date. Yes, it was dangerous to teach it openly in public at one time. But here's what has happened. Survival orientation has been the primary existence for billions of years of life. Earth started about five billion years ago. 
The moon started about four and a half billion years ago, and life started about 3.3 billion years ago, and animal life started about 400 million years ago. The mammalian brain started about 360 million years ago, and life has been evolving ever since in order to produce you. But in order to produce you, up until a few tens of thousands of years ago, it was all about survival. And when things are all about survival, what we focus on is what's dangerous. And if we're focusing on what's dangerous and life is all about survival, then the strongest among us is going to be the most valued amongst us. And because that ended up being the most physically strong, men dominated throughout the years. The male creatures dominated for millions of years. But all that has long since been over with, except for the habit. And so men are half of life, the male component is half of life, and that's the yang. And yang is the exposed, predictable, definable, explainable. And that's what's called logic, because it's measurable. The yin is hidden, mysterious, unexplainable, unpredictable, and undefinable. That's the feminine. When a man tells a woman, stop being so emotional, the woman should tell the man, I'm a woman, and just leave it at that. Because a woman is multiples more emotionally powerful than a man for purpose, because she has to install that emotional body in the future generations, whether they're of her womb or not, it doesn't matter. Every womb man has a womb, and a womb means future, and a man means now. And so the womb man, the woman, is the future and the now. And the man is just the now. And so for all this time, we have been dealing with logic, which is where the word law comes from. The word rule is actually comes from the idea of ruler, which was a, an instrument of measure. And a ruler was, by definition, to be an exalted or enlightened or awakened being up to which others were trying to measure, to measure up. And the idea that a man would pass on the rulership to another man became just this dominating factor in which eventually a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy, you were losing resolution, you were also losing revelation, and so what you had were these unevolved, unawakened, unenlightened beings ruling. There was nothing to measure up to, and so since nobody had anything to measure up to, it was leaderless. Huh. Check out today. And so in a leaderless condition, what you end up with is a boss, not a ruler. Nothing to measure nothing to measure up to, just someone to give out orders. 
which is a person of insecurity trying to produce order in a chaos by demand. And that's the nature of nature, excuse me, the nature of human nature in today's world, and that's why human nature is so divergent from true nature. And women are coming back on and saying, you know, it's about us now. Well, in fact, it's about a balance between the two. It's about the yin and the yang, but in order for there to be a balance, the pendulum is going to have to swing. And in this period of complete unbalance, children will be born that will have a genetic predisposition to one gender and a cosmic predisposition to another gender, which is the birth of transgender. And in a time in which there is a massive amount of population explosion, which is creating a true crisis, there will be those that will choose not to reproduce. And that is of benefit to all. It's not like a mandate, but it's not a bad thing. And that's also why there's an increase in homosexuality, because that is part of that in which their sexual needs will be met, but they may not or may reproduce. It, it's optional. These are all things that are completely natural in this time. But traditionalists, who think that nation-states are real facts, that invisible lines drawn on invisible lands are real facts, will say, we want to make a nation because that's the only way people can be strong. Wrong. And religions that feel like their religion is being diluted, how can you dilute infinity? Infinity is the origin of everything. And the word religion means to realize origin. It's a conjoined word that has been compressed over time, like the garlic loaf. <laughs> it's lost track of its origins. So religion is to realize origin. Well, your origin was infinity. So if we merge all the religions, that's a good blend. But the fanatics of every religion, whether it's Christianity, Judaism, Sikh Dharma, Hinduism, Buddhism, Zoroastrianism, all of them, holding on for dear life. There is no pure one. Everyone is pure at the core. And this is why you have to be an outlaw. You have to break the laws. You have to break the laws. Now, Krishna, in speaking with Arjuna, Yogi Bhajan, when speaking with Guru Singh, said, be very conscious of the laws you break. Don't break laws that will come back to bite you. 
he would say to somebody, he said, you, you know, this and that and the other thing, and I don't believe in that. He'd say, well, you know, that's fine. That's, that's, that's great. But if you make that your episode in this lifetime, you become Don Quixote. And all you do is chase after windmills. And so pick and choose your battles. But don't go battle free. Don't think that you can come into this world and eat some sandwiches and leave. <laughs> and get away with it on the other side. Because those which gave you your assignments, don't forget them. And if you do, they won't. And when you get back home, they're going to say, ah, we have a redo here. You flunked fourth grade for the 400th time. And that's why most everybody that's in a state of consciousness feels like when you have Parents' Day at your child's kindergarten class and they say, okay, everybody sit in your child's seat and you're in this desk that is tiny as tiny can be and you're in there like this and that's how you feel in your body right now because this body is like a limited five, six feet tall, whatever vehicle and you're massive. You're like larger than the mountains. And it doesn't matter, you know, I mean, I mentioned a few things, but my God, put in a body and people judge you by your body. Then they judge you not by your body, but what you're putting on your body. Like what kind of clothes are you wearing? What brand is that? What make is that? Really? What kind of car did you come in? Really? Superficial of the superficial of the superficial of the superficial. Let's get real. Let's be outlaws. Let's break the laws that aren't going to cause too much turbulence, but will give an impression that it's not all logic. Begin to learn how to become some magic too. Become magical. Become a sorcerer which means a source seer, another conjoined word that's been squished. Be a seer of the source. And in every moment when you're speaking with someone, see the source and the pathway that they have taken from the source. And then you will understand them. You will stand under them, another conjoined word. Not only will you understand them, but you will feel standing under them very responsible for them. Responsible, able to respond to them. Another conjoined word. And when they cross you up because they have gone through some things that are not aligned, you will forgive them. You will give yourself forward and give them forward to the present moment. Another conjoined word. And you will be forgiving and compassionate. And you will be a true religion. Which has nothing to do with the brands that are out there. Any of them. 
any of them. They're all wonderful, and they all have flaws. But we're not going to point out their flaws to the, to the ones that are following them. We're going to say, fantastic. I remember one day walking down uh, the street with Yogi Bhajan. It was around Christmas time. And there was carols singing and all of this. And some people were very in festive moods, very Christian moods. And Yogi Bhajan and I are walking along with some other people. We're walking along. And these two, they must have been in their early 20s, they walk past us the other direction. And we hear them say, yeah, but I bet you they don't believe in Jesus. He almost knocked us down. Yogi Bhajan spun around so fast and he said, did I hear Jesus? <laughs> he was like a, a preacher. Did I hear Jesus? And this little meek sound came out of one of the 20-year-olds. Yes. <laughs> we were wondering, sir, do you believe in Jesus? <laughs> well, of course. You'd have to be a fool not to believe in Jesus. Jesus was a great, great, great Messiah. I mean, he kept going on and on. Oh, that's very nice, sir. <laughs> Do you believe in Christmas? We, no, no. Do you celebrate Christmas? Son, we celebrate every chance we get. <laughs> oh. <laughs> there was a couple of converts right there. Whatever their religion was, they were in love with Yogi Bhajan. <laughs> That's who you have to be. Don't point out the differences. Don't point out the restrictions. Point out the similarities and the connections. Between everything that's living, including the stone, Before we have a major shift, what usually happens is we have a significant disruption. And one of the reasons that Yogi Bhajan brought this um, science to the West was for the times of great disruption. And he said that in those times of great disruption, you had to get in touch with your identical identity. which is your central core identity that never changes when everything else is. Because in life, the only constant is change. And change creates uncertainty and uncertainty creates insecurity. And the only way that you can experience love is to feel safe. 
That's why when you say fall in love, you have someone that you feel safe around. And that opens you up while you're in their presence and you feel something. That is something that exists everywhere. But you're only going to feel it when you feel safe. And so you hold somebody responsible for your safety, for your sense of safety, and it's experiencing love. And you say, ah, I love you, but I don't love you. That's like having a bunch of people in the ocean and a couple on the beach. And that's like saying, I'm wet with you, but I'm not with you. Because love is an ocean in which we all dwell. How many people aren't alive? Raise your hand. In order for life to exist and persist, an ocean of love surrounds us and engulfs us and is infused in us. And when we feel safe around each other, we say, love you. And if that feeling is really strong, we say, I'm in love with you. But if that feeling is just a memory, we say, I've fallen out of love with you, but I'm still, I still love you, but I'm not in love with you. They might as well be saying, does that make the point? To be confident that the infinite will take care of it. We're so fortunate to be confident that the We'll take care of it. We're so fortunate, sing it out, to be confident that the infinite will take care of it. We're so fortunate to be confident that the
We'll take care of it, all of it. We're so fortunate. Some of you are feeling shy. Get over it. Because now is not the time to be shy. Now is the time to be very present. Hmm? There's no such thing as a bad singing voice. There's just an opinion. You know, first one in gets to make the opinion, like People Magazine, 25 sexiest people on earth, you know. <laughs> There's about seven and a half billion people going, they got that wrong. <laughs> opinion is opinion, isn't it? Hmm? And the one opinion that really counts is for you to break the logic is yours. Raise your right hand. Raise your left hand. Inhale and raise your arms up. Exhale and raise your, bring your arms down. Inhale and raise your arms up. Exhale and bring them down. Inhale and raise your arms up as high as you can. Stretch them up. And say with this breath, I, no, don't say with this breath. <laughs> that was great. Say, using this breath, say, I have an opinion. I have an opinion. I have a right to my opinion. I have a right to my opinion. You have a right to your opinion. You have a right to your opinion. My opinion is the greatest. My opinion is the greatest. And yours is equal to mine. Can you imagine every time instead of shaking hands, right, which was an old, which was an old uh, protect your sword hand, you know, it's like grab the other person's sword hand so that they couldn't go for it, right? So the, the whole time you were talking, you'd be holding that hand like somebody we've all heard about. Right? We got it. We got it covered. So now we're going to do our yoga and we're going to enjoy feathers and dots. And remember Yogi Bhajan's words, your assignment is to become ten times greater than he, and that's not an ego incorrectness, that's an ego correctness, because if each generation isn't greater than the previous generation, we're devolving, which is the root of the word devil, we're devolving rather than evolving. And so break your character. You hear me? Break your character because your character is old. Character is old school. Based in logic. So break the logic. Or if you want to shorten it, break the law. Bless you for joining us. Visit gurusing.com for an ever-expanding archive of lectures, videos, yoga sets, meditations, and more.